been a few weeks, fellas. Yes, it has. I, I, yeah, you've been busy. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, a little bit. Uh, how's everybody doing, Jeezy? How are you feeling, man? I noticed you're getting swole again. I noticed uh, watching the uh, some of the stuff on Instagram. For those of you, uh, you check Jeezy uh, out, uh, Church Money I'm on Instagram. Good, but are uh, you feeling good? Yeah. Uh, you making good, your big like return to the NWA? Yes, sir. When's, uh, when's the date on 13th. that? January 13th in Fort Lauderdale. All right. And, uh, I got to be honest. So I've been watching the NWA. I'm a little confused. Did I miss a week? Or did Mike Knox get shorter? I don't, I don't think so. Because uh, you, you weren't know, tagging Mike. with Mike. No. Uh, no. Care to explain really what's going on? You uh, stepping out on Mike? Not at all. Not at all. As as everybody knows, you're contractually obligated to fulfill a certain amount of dates. And Mike was injured, so I got the call that I still had to show up, which I wasn't very happy about because, just like you said, I did. I felt like I was stepping out on on Noxie a little bit. Um, I feel bad for Paul Burchill because that was his uh, his coming out. His you know he trial by fire. Right, and uh, he kind of got caught in the mix of uh, me with uh, just kind of, man, you can't come out and say it, but you're just pissed off at the boss. Like, why yeah. should I be here? I, I did my I did my date. I walked out there when the bell rang, did what I was supposed a lot to. Of, a lot of people don't know. You take your tag team partner. That's like a marriage with you. Like, you don't take that lightly, you know? No, not, not at all, especially when I got my partner at home. Yeah, and they're injured, and he's like, "Oh, I, I got it." You know those questions. Yep. It's like with you know, hey man, you're not happy with things. No, I, yeah. I'm doing this. because I have to do it. I'm not happy about it. It's like well, with your wife, you just you do things. That, could you imagine yeah. that though? Your wife is sick, and you're like, "Well, I had to bring in <laughs> the backup wife. I'm not pleased about it, but uh, I'd love to finish this conversation. But it's dinner time, and uh, she's making steak tonight, so." Uh, as right. soon as you I get better, you. we'll get you right back in the rotation, sweetheart. Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't you worry. But you know, you know our motto: next man up. <clears throat> next man up. <laughs> yeah, how is Knox healing up though? He is good to go. He is back yeah, to work. I, I've, um, he's yeah, he's ready to go. He he wasn't happy about the situation. He guys, I, he's also in a spot too. Like you guys know. Um, he, he did tear his rotator cuff a little bit, but it's one of those scenarios where it's like either I can be out for a long period of time or I can go to work. And he can yeah, still Are you work. hurt or are you injured? Is that yeah. right? 100%. Funny, uh, Aaron, take, how did he yeah. uh, get that injury? Just curious for well, those who, was, who wasn't watching, which was very few because pay per view numbers were very good. Congratulations, fellas. Well, we had some inspiration. Yeah, I understand. Um, and I appreciate that. So, uh, Aaron, curious. Yeah. Um, do you know? Can you give us your expert opinion on Mike's injury? What happened? And this is something that we all, uh, you know, as talent, uh huh, um, like that. We look when we sign up for this. We yep. we know that you know there uh, there's accidents uh, uh, and there's variables. And what yes. what happened? Uh, Mister uh, Knox unfortunately uh, took a soup bowl to the clavicle as he was thrown down. By Rodney. It's very and, specific uh, sorry, information you have there. I can't find that well, in any of the dirt sheets. This is almost as if like you were there. Uh, it was a round table. I was there. I yeah. had to ensure that uh, both of my but clients. 
if memory serves correctly, you were banned from ringside, correct? I was. Um, but you know what? Um, as they say, you know, back in the day, or as they said back in the day, big game is played smooth out of sight. So what I did, I didn't go around ringside. I was dressed because it was a night. As a Templar night, yes. Uh, yes. Shout out to Oak Island. And, we didn't um, realize we had to be so specific, and our Billy had to be so specific. It's like talking to your kid. Like, don't go in there. All right, can I go in there a little bit? No, don't go in there at all. Aaron, so, okay, so let me, riddle me this, Aaron, since like you know things are a matter of interpretation, right? Uh, going into uh, the chase, I lost my manager. Uh, business partner, friend, and I made a retirement decision without discussing it with, uh, you know, Jeezy. Yeah. So one could say that I wasn't in the right state of mind. And that now that my manager is healthy and well, that my retirement was, well, wasn't a real retirement because Jeezy wasn't there. Could I make that argument under your uh, what haves and what not and, and et cetera's? Well, here's the thing, man. Everything is open to interpretation. Um, and I think that, like, again, you know, people what? can look at what you just. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that, Trevor, yeah, thank you. you. Thank you, Trevor. What? I was just curious, what? Trevor. Uh, yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not giving you the fruit basket back, Trevor. So forget it. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, seriously, you, you in, in one sentence just explained the whole problem with the whole world. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'm glad you see what I did there. Thank you, Trevor. Okay. All right. All right. No, go ahead, Aaron. I just want to make sure. I'm yeah, right. we're on the same page. I'm not. I, okay. I'm retired, but I just okay. I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> you were in your right mind. You just, uh, you know, you had just finished the match. Um, you were obviously like you, you're, you may have been a little. Yeah, I got hit in the face with a cowbell you know? 14 times. Yeah, I might have yep. been a little off my game. Just to you scoach. Know, you'll make a bad decision every now and then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, but good. basically in your train of thought, uh, your word, giving your word, because I always believe two things. Jeezy, back me up on this thing. A man only has two things, his balls and his word. And uh, yeah, I don't break Absolutely. them for nobody. And uh, But according to Aaron. Thank you, Tony he, Montana. Yeah. Well, he didn't write it. Okay. <laughs> he acted it out. He didn't write it. Uh, but uh, according to his interpretation, my word is a matter of interpretation. So basically, that says I can uh, take backs whenever I want to. You know what? That's open to interpretation too. Right. Okay. All right. So there, there you go. You know, if uh, so, a handshake deal with Aaron is a matter of interpretation. Oh, when I when I handshake someone, it's uh, it's the word, but I I don't handshake, man. I'm a fist bumper. Oh, you're a fist bumper. Okay, I got it. That explains it right there. Hey, Trevor, just want to put this out there. So you figure when do you think Mike? I'm just looking at my calendar here. When do you think Mike would be healthy again? When is this um, time to – and not just healthy in terms of, like, ready to challenge for the World Tag Team Championship? He took um, a soup bone to the – Excuse me, Aaron. Excuse me, Aaron. Yes, we all are aware of what you did to him. If, if it was up to Mike now, he would – he obviously would But to give uh, Aaron and uh, Blunt Force Trauma – a run for their money for the tag because you can't take anything away from blunt force trauma. Uh, no, no, yeah. no, no. Well, you can. You want to take the tag team championships away from. But what my question right. is, if I was to say, I don't know, do you think, like, if there was a pay per view in, in February ish, 
and and Mike would be ready to go to challenge for the tag team championship? I I think so. February. I personally, I think if if Aaron is as confident in his, in himself and his team as he is, I think in February we should have a cage match. Right. Well, and, you know what? And well, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, Aaron's well, not going to have a problem with that. But Aaron needs to be at ringside. And you know what? I am retired from in-ring competition. But I would be happy to just be in your corner for a little bit of guidance just to make sure you and Mike, in case you, you needed anything. Uh, and, you know, just I haven't seen Aaron in so long. It would be so nice to reach out and touch him, you know, to share hey, the man, stage hey, with him hey, man, one hey, more time. Hey, hey. Uh, hey, I, I, I'm I looking. Jeezy sent me an application for a manager's license, and there's really not well, much to it. I'm just saying I'm not looking a for a full-time it. position. I'm just saying, you know, just, just, you know, if you needed I somebody, you know, just to, to get us all together to, to spend. I would, I, I would love it. Actually, I think we do need this, uh, this moment to get together and see each other. And uh, spend a little old school time. You know what I mean? Like, or you know what? Or or you know what? While I'm sitting here, but then again, one of the greatest managers who's managed champions, some of the most dominant champions in the history of the NWA, Jeezy's there. So I would almost think that maybe Jeezy's be in the corner, and then I would have to apply for him because there's another page here. Looks like yeah, there's a referee license. I would be happy. To be honored to be the special guest referee for a tag team match like that. I mean, we're all friends here, right, Aaron? Exactly, which is why we don't need to have a cage match to have an excuse to go. What about fishing trips? We discussed this in the locker room. No, 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 no. I'd be happy to be special guest referee, Trevor. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'd have to talk to the boss, but, you know, but I'm sure he would have no issue with having one of the most popular, you know, People on the planet at the moment. Um, I mean, just there to referee. I, I look great yeah. in pinstripes. You know, I I do. Like it's just it's, I'm no, not don't mean to brag. And you know, I'd call it right down the line. I'd be as fair as Jesse the Body Ventura was in uh, SummerSlam. That's what I was going to bring up. The fact that I know for sure that this would be called down the line, and the winner yep. of this match could clearly be the world would be the one true champion. undisputed tag team champions. And, and you as have... a man would be able to shut up about it, and I would leave you alone and walk right. away. Right, and here's and the deal, Aaron. You can wear your little Templar Knight uniform, so you're fully protected. I was in disguise, okay? I had to do what I had to do. Right, And right. for those of you that did not see. So is it fair um, to say that Trevor needs to do what he needs to do to ensure a fair wrestling match? Yes, just not with us because that is in the rearview mirror. Okay, we have defended the titles time after time against both Knox and Murdoch, and you know what? We got the W. And sometimes that's just the way life is. Jeezy, you always um, told me if it makes money, it makes sense, and I think this makes money. Jeezy, would you have any interest in representing Trevor and Mike uh, when Mike's ready to go? Yeah, I think so. That sounds like a good idea. You know. Uh, <laughs> And it would make money. That's the thing. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, gentlemen, we okay. all don't. God, we love the business, but we also do have people to take care of. And if this is about taking it to the next level to make money, then I, I think we ought to do yeah, it. Yeah, and we really. want, you know, the people want an undisputed tag team champion. We don't want random knights attacking wrestlers and 
injuring them for months on end. And, and you know what? And you know, and, it's not like we need a stipulation to where if you guys were to win, <laughs> that you would get five minutes alone with Aaron. Like we're not putting that out there. Wait, 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 no, 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 you no, know, no, I'm a manager, man. I'm a manager. I don't do that stuff, man. I don't do physicality. That's not but, in the wheelhouse. I don't think but, you but would be doing much physicality, good. to be honest with you. I really don't. If Mike got five minutes alone with you, uh, we all step out and let you guys just do what you do. Uh, listen, we all saw what happened with the Brazilian bombshell when uh, you got it on. So I know you know, physicality was, is not your was, thing. Is not your thing intelligence. That was AI generated. That never happened. That okay. was all AI. Okay. Uh, I don't think AI can can replicate that screaming. And I've heard that screaming before, uh, in it, it in another can. in another it lifetime. Can. So uh, there was several <laughs> several arenas throughout this great country of ours that that scream was heard, and I will never forget it. Uh, so you know. Just putting it out there, but uh, we were all just—we're just chatting. We're just buddies. We're just chatting. It's not like I'm texting uh, William P. Corgan right now while this is going on, and he's saying whatever you want, baby. You're the boss. Not at all. Well, uh, you know, you know what? I was driving, and there was a uh-huh. truck in front of me uh-huh. with those little, the, the the little testicles that that hang. Yeah, yours right just went up in your the- stomach as soon as I mentioned Mike Knox having yeah. five minutes alone with you. <laughs> No, but when that just that truck made a right hand turn, uh-huh. and then there was another car in front of it. It was a Prius with right. a sticker that said "Be kind." Right. And I think you know what I I think we could all use a little more kindness right now. Look, we we haven't done the show in a minute. Uh, you now have another best selling book. Congratulations! Yes. Well, thank I mean you. that. Thank you. I'm very happy for you. Um, and I don't know why this is harp on Aaron Day because at the end of the day, look what happened in Cleveland. Uh, Hey, stays in I Cleveland. Go undercover, right? Huh, yeah, right. That's a loaded statement. Yeah, um, but I, I went undercover and I did what I had to do, and we won. And can I'm we just curious, please no, get no, past no, this? No, and move on. No, 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 no. I do have to ask one question since I was the recipient of of said punch. Like, what is the process of going to find a literal night suit randomly? Like, because to be oh, absolutely, you honest, know what? I'm going to stop you there, Trevor. You, we don't want to go down this rabbit hole with Aaron. We, we don't. I'm just curious. No, I'm just curious because, like, if I want to go find a night suit right now, like, I have no idea. And, I just and you're a say, welder by trade. Yes, you could literally trade. make one. Yes, and I and I have no clue. So, Aaron, where does where does one get said night suit uniform outfit to be an? I'm assuming it's Ebor, Florida. Uh, <laughs> no, no, there is a place. Uh, in Massachusetts called Higgins Armory, uh. um, which most people would think I would get my night suit there um, because that's where I grew up. And that was my first exposure to any kind of uh, medieval battle wear. Right. Uh, but uh, let's just say I have my sources and Trevor, you can text me privately and I will tell you where no, I got. No, the suit. no, no, I'm, I'm good. I was just curious where you would get some shit like that. Yeah. Either way, it worked. You have to admit. You have to understand with uh, swinger clubs, Trevor. Discretion is always, <laughs> always first and foremost. So, and uh, you know, and Aaron's the type of guy who shows up at a swinger club without a date. So there you go. Uh, that's where he's at. <laughs> so anybody, yeah. let me be a third. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll touch tips. You know what? I don't. In that community, you can't do that. And I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not trying to, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know what? You know, don't tell on. on yourself at all. Like, if we were in court right yeah. now, I'd say maybe Let's don't talk on. so much. Uh, yeah. You know, you're listening to the three wise men, and we'll be right back after this. Tap the brakes. 
on the aging process. Are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, your energy? Are you ready to get old? You can slow it down. Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock and re-energize your life. Prove it to yourself, risk-free. Try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose and everything to gain. New energy, muscle, drive, and even more passion. Get your complimentary sample when you text 231231 and enter the keyword Tyrus. Nugenics Total T Power Boost is backed by clinical studies and real science. Nugenics key ingredients like testophen have shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. In other words, it's based in science and it works. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231231 and enter the keyword Tyrus. Text now and you'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. Absolutely free. Text 231231 and enter keyword Tyrus. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. But how is everyone? You know, Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, is everybody in the holiday spirit? Uh, I am. I am for sure. I got kids that are excited about what's going to especially i still have a little one guys like right. i have a seven-year-old i know jesus you got a little one at the house yeah yep. so it's uh super exciting around us we're doing the my wife introduced the elf on the shelf right yeah uh and, fuck that elf i just want to put that out there <laughs> it's cute for like the first six or seven days and then when you forget about it because you, you know you're like oh you know put the kids to bed and you're just about ready to go lay down, and you go, Shit, we didn't do the elf on the shelf. So you got to go run and find something, or hopefully you've already had something. We have a little, like a little 30 day calendar gimmick that tells us what to do. Then you got to go do that. But it is cool every morning. We wake up, Cade runs around, and he's like, What'd the elf do? And it's, you know, it's a fun little game. You know, um, I know uh, Aaron has not started on the path uh, to procreation, and rightfully so. Uh, I'm at that because I got a nine-year-old, an eleven-year-old, and a a couple twelve-year-olds sprinkled around. Um, Well, I'd say you're doing enough for both of us. We're yeah, thank you. Uh, But if you want to split the bill, you know, let me know. But um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, we're getting to that age where the jig is up a little bit. But the nine-year-old is, you know, because I play the role where I'm, uh, I have an issue with Santa. Because let's be fan, you know who suffers the most with this whole Santa Claus thing is us dads. Because Santa gets all the damn credit. You know, he's not mm. setting the toys up all night, you know, uh, and, he, you know, in the morning, they go, oh, Santa's the best. Oh, we love you, Santa. And you just got to sit there and take it, you know? And then they'll look at you like, Dad, what did you do? You know, and you're like, oh, this is from Dad. You know, this is from Dad. And, and you know, you're not allowed to give the coolest present. That has to be from Santa, you know? So mm-hmm. dads don't get the credit that we are rightfully deserved, you know, until the point where that one day they realize that it, you know, it was a, it was a trick or a myth. Uh, but they – the nine-year-old's holding on to that because I think she has figured out that you get double the gifts when there's a Santa and a dad. You know what I'm saying? So she's, oh, okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, that little hustle game, you know, because 
my daughter's quick to point out uh, shenanigans in a movie, but you know, for some reason, this man and I play the. I try to catch him every year, so you know, I set. Uh, I get uh, you know those fishing nets you throw out uh, when you're trying to get uh, shad and shiners and stuff and, and bait fish yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So I set one of those up over by the fireplace every year, and I'm, like, I'm going to catch this this year, you know, and I'm going to string Santa up because I'm tired of him stealing my glory. You know, and like, Daddy, you'll never catch him. You'll never catch him, you know, and that's the game we play in the house. And uh, this year she just said, Lady, look, Dad, why don't you not – you're never going to catch him. Let the net go, you know, and just, you know, just let it go. And I was like, why? You don't think I can catch Santa? She's like, Dad, seriously? And I was like, so what, you don't think there's a Santa? She said, oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm just saying you're over 12, so you can't see Santa. And the age was very particular. Because she basically said her brothers and sisters are out. They no longer qualify for Santa presents because they're 12. The cutoff is 12. And uh, I was like, where did you? She's like, Santa told me. And I was like, what, you talked to Santa? She's like, he's real, isn't he? I was like, of course. Yeah, I talk to him all the time. I'm on the good list. And uh, the cutoff is 12. And her sister is 11, who turns 12 December 17th. So she was like, oh, you just missed the cut. You're so <laughs> close. So all Santa gifts should be for me under the tree. And everyone else doesn't get them anymore. So she's she's playing it. And I feel like because she has insider information. You know what I'm saying? Like she's figured it out. But she's not she, going to. She's going to let it play out until it, you know, benefits her. your blood. You know what I mean? Till yeah. You go like, okay, baby, you're you're 35. We know the jig's up. Yeah. You know because my but son, my son made it very difficult for me. Uh, he was about four years old, and I was telling him he had to go to bed early because Santa Claus is coming. And my son looked at me and he's like, Santa Claus, he he's coming in the house. And I was like, yeah. How's he coming in the house? <laughs> I said he's coming down the chimney, and. um then he's going to come up in my room and leave gifts. And I was like, yeah. So he's like a stranger that you're just letting in the house with bringing <laughs> gifts to your only son. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, man. when you say it that way, because, but if, yeah. if Santa Claus was on the corner and had a van with a present in it, I can't take the present or go for a ride with him. Right. And I'm like, no, you can't. And so, I'm I'm stuck. My son is basically like, you're confusing me, Dad. You're letting a stranger in the house, in alone well, in the room. You get, you get frustrated. Yeah. Just just enjoy the Christmas. Mess, so then I just son. said, you know, no, I wouldn't. No, uh, no. Uh, look, son, there's no Santa. Okay, all right, it's me. It's it's me. And I come because they're like, did you just tell you your what? son that there was no Santa Claus? And I was like, listen, he was basically saying I was a bad parent. But I was letting a strange man, a strange old man, come in the house and stand over his bed and give him presents and on, you know. And, uh, and the man had a bag that you couldn't see what was in it, you know. And so, based on that description, uh, Santa is one thousand percent stranger danger. <laughs> My God, I think I told Whoa. you this, Aaron, when it happened. You and because we were on the road together, and I didn't know what to do, and I was catching because. Uh, you know what? Yes, yes. Okay. Because yep. Santino was like, he's a pretty clever kid. You got there. I said, yeah, he's a little too clever. You know. So, you know, I was just like, look, yeah. bro, you're right. You're right. It's me. It's me. You know. So my son's uh, kind of known. 
you know, because he said, I, I, I will sleep better tonight knowing that a strange man is not coming into my room while I'm asleep. And I said, You're, we'll all sleep better. But then it got back to his mother, and it did not go well. Well, but you know what, C.O.C. one of the sweetest boys yes. I've ever met. Yes, as, as for his size, at first, he's twelve, right? Yeah, he's twelve, yeah, he's 12 right? now. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect such a kind. You know what I mean? It, and he is just a sweetheart of a boy. So that kind of stuff obviously has not affected him being just a good, kind natured kid. No, he's not. And we just had uh, he was at his uh, he was at the finals for travel ball. And his team was uh, they made they made the the playoffs and they're all a younger team, so they're playing against the thirteen year olds and stuff. And they were in the, the they had drawn the they had beat the defending champs to get in, and um, the defending they eliminated the defending champs, and so uh, they had to play the number one seed, and they battled, um, and they turned one of the best double plays I've seen uh, at, at the twelve year old level. I was shocked. It was like a, it was like a Taylor made touch the two first baseman stretch makes a great tag. And my son plays first base. And um, then the guy tried to steal home and my son threw him down. They got in a pickle and the kid was, you know, and the kids were covering Trevor and those who don't watch baseball, when they cover a pickle defensively the right way, it is a beautiful thing because oh, each guy rotates out, ball. right? It starts with yeah. the pitcher and the third baseman and then the, he throws the ball and then the and then the catcher's cover and then the catcher chases him up and then the first baseman cover is backing up the catcher. So the catcher's chasing the kid and the kid's running back to third, he throws the third, catcher moves out. Kid turns around and my son who is 6-1 uh monster and my son does the wah at him and the kid turns and runs away from him to be tagged he wanted no parts of my son and i and me and his grandfather haku were like just dying like oh my god did that just happen did my son just show a spark of aggressive monsterness and I was dying laughing, and he was like, Yo, well, Dad, you used to do that, and the wrestlers would jump out of the ring, so I didn't have the ball, so I wanted to scare him. I'm like, you did. You scared the out of that child. I don't know if he's going to be the same again. And uh, But it was a great game, and it came down to uh, – and there was this moment. Uh, bases were low. My son had a huge hit uh, to start uh, in the beginning of the game, score a couple runs, and uh, he had been leading – uh, his he's been hitting a lot of uh, RBIs and big hits and stuff. He's got bases loaded. He's up to plate. And he's he's o two. He works the count full count. The pitcher gives him one high and outside, and he takes a swing at it and he strikes out. And my son's crying as he's walking back to the dugout, and um and he's taking it hard, like he's taking it hard. Sure. And he's on the bench and his head's down. And I, I go, I'm gonna go talk to him. And I went around the back and. And uh, I said, hey, son, come here. What are you, what are you, why are you crying? He's like, Dad, I let you down. I said, no, you didn't. I said, son, I'm so proud of you. You went out on your shield. Look, man, you were down 0-2. You worked the count full count. You saw your pitch. You went for it. And you didn't get it this time. It wasn't your night. And that's how it works. Do you regret it? He's like, no. And I'm proud of you. He's like, it's not always about winning, man. It's about being in the moment. Now, did I yell and say anything to you? Did I tell you to put your elbow up? Like, or he's like, no, you didn't say anything. I said, it was your time, son. And I wanted to see what yeah. you did and no regrets. Now, do you wish you wouldn't have swung on it? And he's like, no, I was, I, I was going to get it. I said, well, pitcher won that one. Sometimes it's not your night and it's okay. You tip your hat to him. You can cry. I'll let you cry for another 30 seconds. You shake it off and, and, uh, it is what it is. And then they ended up coming up one run short. And, uh, 
you know, the other team advanced and went on to win the whole thing. But um, it was funny just as as a dad, you want to protect your kids from so much stuff. But then there's that moment where you're trying to raise a man and you notice that, hey, you know what? He's got to walk this one alone, even though I'm right there. I'm right there. But he's got to walk it alone and he's got to go through this failure. Or and if he hits it, he's a hero. But he's got to experience that moment, you know, and you can't take it away from him. Or you can't make, you know, you can't put so much pressure on him that he he sits with the bat on his shoulders because he doesn't want to disappoint you. So um but he in in doing that, you know, you let your letting your kids go through failure. Uh because we're gonna experience a lot of it, especially in the wrestling business. Failure is probably more often than success. Whether, oh, sure. You know, whether it's firings or Definitely. they decide they don't like your face so they're not going to push you anymore or whatever the reason is, uh, it's it's how you adjust to failure that defines who you are. You know what I'm saying? At least uh, so as a parent, you know, and I know that uh, both, you know, your your older boy, uh, you know, baseball was a big part. Well, sports in general is a big part of his life. Were there moments when you like you put him in that situation where you were like, I'm just going to step back and watch. You might get a little scrapes on this one, but these are scrapes you need. Um, for sure. Uh, especially in, in the high school, you know, when you're stepping into that high school realm of baseball, like the parents or the coaching, they almost want you to step back as a parent and go, you need to be a parent and just be there for them when they're sad, when they're happy, but let us step back and let us be, or let us be the coaching. And it's hard, especially, and I know you're the same way, like we constantly encourage our kids, try to give them tips, but you have to let them go out there and walk their own path and do their successes and failures on their own. As long as you're there for them and give them advice afterwards, that's all that, that matters. But it, it, it is tough, especially when you know what's going to happen. Like, you know what I mean? We all have experience in this life and we know what's ahead of them. And we know sometimes it's best for them. They have to learn on their own. That's the best experience is being there and letting them learn on their own and walking up to them afterwards. And you did it perfect. Take your time, son, get this, you know, have your emotions. There's nothing wrong with having that. No, no. Cause if you did, if it didn't hurt, then you're wasting your damn time. 100 percent and you let him have his moment and then said all right now we're gonna we're gonna learn from this we're gonna move on and get but you know what i mean like you have to that's all life is is those obstacles of how to overcome them and learn from them and you know move on and be a better person and do better things now aaron when you deal with, with failure which for you is a regular occurrence um, how? <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for this one. I'm waiting for this one. It. Go ahead. I, I'm listening intently. Now, do you always switch it to the other guy's fault? Is there ever a time when you're like, "Oh, this is on me," or is it is everything with you just the Bobby the Brain Heenan way of life? Well, um, Paulo Cahilo, there There's a quote that i love and it's uh i don't know if i'm paraphrasing i'm probably not uh there's only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve the fear of failure so for every failure i've done and whether it's like taking risks on tv or um 
or even, you know, I'm not going to get into my personal life, but to me, no, nah, please. There's not like, enough time on this podcast to go through that dumpster yeah, fire. But, uh, yeah. but failure, like it, it's how you define it. Right. If, okay. I want to complete a goal, right? Like, uh, COC wanted to win his game, right. To, to do what he had to do to win his game. Um, at one point we all wanted to, you know, be a, um, the WWE champion, right? Like we, we yeah. have these goals we set yeah. for us now in, you know, encountering whatever resistance, whatever roadblocks or, or anything like that. Um, you know, look, we, we kind of veer off the path because life will do that, right? Like external circumstances, uh, in life is just going to throw stuff at you. So where we end up, like, look, if, if attaining one goal, right. And, and you think, okay, if I attain this goal, it would have done X, Y, and Z. But then if you look at like, I l learned this lesson from my failure, I, I won't do this again. I found out about another way to go about anything, right? Like if you can grow as a person in the midst of failure and use failure as a catalyst to make yourself a better person, I don't think it was a failure. I, I think the only failure is not trying. And right. that's how I look at it. And like I said, I, I, you know what? And I didn't say any kind of a smart ass comment when you said that, because no, I admittedly, um, I failed a lot, but you know what? So did Thomas Edison. Well, okay. So you compare yeah. yourself to Thomas Edison. No, I'm more of a Tesla to be honest, but yeah. I don't want to get into that conversation right, right. now. Cause I, I, I think outside the box more like Tesla, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. I will have to agree with Aaron. I have learned way, way more from my failures than I ever have from my successes. Hold it right there. We'll be back in a jiffy. Jesus, is it harder to bounce back from a failure or maintain success? Um, I mean, failures, they, they teach you how to – failure makes you stronger. You know what I mean? So you got to embrace the failure so you become better at everything you do. That's my take on it. Yeah, you know, yeah, because I've, I've, uh, like I said, I, 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 it's well documented. I've always talked about uh, my fa owning failures, um, especially in the wrestling business, because sometimes the failure is put on you, <laughs> where you've done everything right, and you, and then all of a sudden somebody with a pen decides, eh, never mind. I think that is yep. probably the most frustrating thing about wrestling is. Um, when you see a guy who's doing everything right, uh, and I always, I always think the biggest. Uh, I look back at, at my during my time when, when I look at my peers. I look at, I always look at two guys during my time in the WWE that I think they got it wrong on, and uh, I always exclude myself when I'm talking about. It. But I always think of uh, Sandow and uh, um, and Cesaro. Those are the two I'm guys. Sandow, for all the listeners. Yes, and I always think there's two two guys they got it wrong on in terms of. Uh, not giving them the the opportunity, and Aaron was a was literally a match away from being a WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Like he was, like he was, he had the money in the bank, uh, and I just thought, and he had the kind of heat that you don't see anymore. Uh, he had that Roddy Piper heat where like they came to see him get his ass kicked. And while they were waiting to get his ass kicked, they cheered for him because he said shit that entertained them, but they hated him at the same time. And uh, I sent him a clip of uh, Piper interviewing uh, Orndorff after WrestleMania 1. 
And, oh, yeah. Uh, and I was like, this reminds me a lot of the type of feud that I wanted to have because I wanted to be one of the guys to chase him, you know, when he won the, the title because our feud, uh, we basically were telling him he broke my leg. And uh, we had, we even, we tricked F- Finley and Arn Anderson. And that to me is one of the greatest works of my career uh, was that they thought Aaron legit broke my leg. Uh, but only because I trusted him to walk down the ramp. Um, and, and Trevor, you know what it's like walking down that ramp. Oh, for sure. Never even looked back or broke my stride. It was either you're going to clip me <laughs> and I'm going to take a spill. And I don't know how I'm going to fall because I'm not going to fall until he clips me. So I yep. didn't anticipate uh, yeah. nothing. And I was like, I'm walking. If you don't make it, I'm going to make it to the ring. <laughs> and he was like, game on. But only to trust somebody with your knees in wrestling as a big guy, because so many things can go wrong. Uh, but that was only because I thought he was the best at what he did at that time. And we we had him. We we had him. Little things like he knew to break my necklace. Uh, no, that was actually you told me. To I, do I that, called. I, I called it for you out yeah. there, but you didn't go. Yeah. Oh no, I don't want to get in trouble with marketing. You know what I'm saying? Like. Because we didn't, you know, because oh, no, we were at the level, and we were at the level to where everything we do had to be approved. Yeah. So, so going off yeah. script, and I, I just something I always, I just once you get out there, and, and you guys know that once we get out there, I think probably Trevor's probably my favorite guy to work in terms of like, it doesn't really matter what we discussed. It ain't yeah, going that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It just ain't going that way. And then when we get back, it's like, why did we even talk to each other? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's just we had a plan, and then we started having fun, and it just yep. went somewhere else. And uh, and Aaron and I, we never really talked at all. I mean, it was just like, uh, you know, can I get my elbow in? Uh, can I get my T-bone in? Yeah, all right, see you out there. You know what I'm saying? It was just a natural, once the bell rang, I hated your guts, and that's and the rest, you know, it is what it is. But, um, and Jeezy, it got that way with Jeezy to where uh, us working together, I, he Jeezy used to come up to me because he, he'd be like, so what are we doing? I'm like, I don't know, what are you doing? You know, he's like, what are you talking about the promo? I'm like, I don't know, they'll ask us a question, let's answer it. And he was like, all right, man. Uh, you don't want to talk yeah, about nothing. Fine, like, nah, I, I got you. I believe in you, man. We we just going to do our thing. We'll see what happens. And uh, we came back that one time, and Jesus was like, well, shit, that's the game on, bro. I can do that all night, you know? Uh, because I think yeah, sometimes the pressure time. of memorization hurts the match. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm the worst at it, especially – like when you know you've got to you've got to perform, and then you've got to go step by step by step in your head. I'm like, that's such bullshit. Let's just. There are certain guys that that do that well. If you're a high flyer, I get it. If if you're if you're flying all over the place and guys got to be at a specific place at a specific time, then I, I, I blueprint it. I get it. But if you're telling a story and you're working, I don't get it. You know, and and you see guys like listen, and when the crowd cheers, do this and do that. And I was like, what if they don't cheer? Right. What if they What if they like the other guy more than you? Which happens. Oh yeah. You know, in uh, France, I, I I they flipped the script on me in France. One, I couldn't believe it. 
Well, you, was, you're uh, Sandow's very Frenchmanish. Well, no, because I, I would like, like, I don't mean to change the subject and make this about me. I, I apologize. What do you mean? That's like your that's, thing. You're like known for that. That, that is my thing. So here it's we your go. Catchphrase. Um, so my my original character, I would like point out that people have no class. They have no decorum. Uh, their moral, you know, fibers are all but deteriorated. And whatever, the I was French a bad people guy. felt very connected to that. When yeah. I went to France, um, it was insane. Like I got an ovation. Like I was, I, I I couldn't believe it. Like I was like, whoa. And uh, eventually, uh, it was the second night of the tour. We did Paris and Marseille. And I asked like one of the tour managers, I was like, hey, because he was French. I'm like, what? What is the deal? Like, how come? And he goes, oh, no. Like, you say what most French people think about Westerners, specifically Americans. I was like, oh. So I apparently I was like, oh, wow, that's a, uh, a little little something I didn't know I uh, I connected with. <laughs> Dude, I, I did an autograph signing in Paris once. It was the craziest shit ever. I had to go there for a day to sign autographs, fly back to North Carolina, and then fly back for a European tour. But this is, um, and I, of course, we're on a podcast now, so we can't see this, but I'm going to text all of you this right now. And it was literally when I thought it was the one time in my career when um like when i showed up they had so many people and i was like oh shit like i'm actually probably going to be a top guy at this like this is like i'm going to cuz i i just had money in the bank and um it, it was the most insane shit ever but you know ultimately uh again what would be a failure to most people to me if i had continued on the life path i was on um I don't know where I'd end up and I'm in a good place now. And I think everything that's happened to me, uh, there was a reason behind it. And you know what? You, you got to keep going. Like they said, you have to, but that does. Yeah. That also reverts to what Tyra said earlier, that sometimes it's just not in your control, even though you've done uh. everything right. It wasn't you. It's a, what's that girlfriend thing? It's not me. It's you kind of yep. scenario. I use it that a lot. Totally, it was totally them, Aaron. Just, I hope you know that, like on on the real, like it was totally them. It wasn't you. Well, the same can be said for all of us. I mean, I mean, again, like really, like Trevor, like with with, with your stuff. I mean, all all the BS, and uh, again with with the merchandise that Tyrus moved, and and just the responses he were getting, and then that was another thing. Like, you know, when you have chemistry with somebody in the ring, um, man, that affects everything. If you're in there with your buddy, like you know, when when you and Tyrus, it was like. I think the second match you guys had when it was just like everything in there was just clicking, right? It was a, uh, it was a fist like, fight. You know, when you know, yeah, when you, but when you know each other's timing. Yeah. You know, each other's timing. You, you're just comfortable enough to where like, Oh, if, if you potato someone, you're not going to, you, you know, you're both going to laugh, you know, you may get a receipt. One of us laughed. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not a, uh, <laughs> it took me a minute to laugh after you punched It's all right. He, he got me back at the cup. He kicked me in the head, and I was like, yep. you son of a... I was like, okay, no problem. Yeah, but the T-bone. Yeah, the T-bone. the T-bone's going to... T-bone will make it right. You oh, know, Trevor, don't jump on the T-bone. You know, it, it's... it's um, <laughs> you know, it's funny, speaking of... Because the thing is, like, when you're... When, you, when the crowd is into you because of the story you're telling, the less moves you have to do. And um, you, a guy gets you in a figure fight... Figure four leg lock. In our case, it was the figure five. Um, yeah. Um, Aaron put me in the figure five, 
And there was a moment there where we both looked at each other like, is this really happening? To where me just trying to turn, the place was unglued. And it's all Aaron shaking his head, screaming no. That's, we were just, and the more I got to turn, the more it was like, is this happening? Like, we're, we've, like, it's like that moment where you're like, this is it. This is what I dreamed about when I was a kid. Like, we're having yes. that moment. Like, we're in this moment. And we didn't ever want yeah. it to end. And we went over. But, you know, what? that was one of those things where, like, and Arn said, hey, you stole the show tonight. Fuck it. Like, I'm glad, you know, you did what you had to do. Uh, yeah. You know, because when you know, you come through a curtain, Randy and, and Cena are standing there and you're expecting to hear, like, yo, you guys went six minutes over. They were like, hey, good shit, man. You know, Um but you're in that moment, and uh, you know I was flipping through the channels last night, and I got a chance to watch uh, Edge and Christian on AEW, and I, I was like, man, they're just—I don't. There wasn't the whole match was a counter match because they knew each other so well, but it wasn't. A, it was just the the psychology behind it, and I I, I rarely ever comment online or anything, but uh, AEW had posted like the the middle part of their match, and I just said, that's how you, that's how you do it, kids. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying they just worked the the crowd was everything they did. At one point they were on the they were on the top rope fighting for a suplex, fighting for a hold, fellas, fighting for a move, and uh, uh, Adam grabbed his t- fingers and spread them apart. And anybody who's ever had fingers mess with feels that. Mm-hmm. And it was just enough to get him to where he needed to go, and he, you know, he ended up power bombing him, and then you know, uh, sold it and was late on the cover. But uh, it was just a good story, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, there wasn't seven thousand moves in that match, you know. And uh, I always wasn't a fan how Adam, you know, treated me when we worked together. You know, I had to deal with the I don't know if I like you or not, and, and you know, and tell me why I should like you. And I, inside of me, I was just like, I'm about to slap shit out of you, you know? But, you know, I was like, well, you know, this is me, who I am. Take it or leave it. And after that, it was, we were fine, but I just didn't like that. You know, like you're just assuming because I'm a big guy, suddenly I'm a dick, you know, I didn't like that. But, um, but at the same time, you also wanted to work me and allowed me to wrestle for the heavyweight championship on SmackDown. So, you know, it's like one of those things. I didn't like that, but I will forever be grateful uh, that a guy at the top, was willing to want to work with a guy who was basically coming out of NXT. So, you know, there's like a bitter sweet thing, you know. Um but you then but the the guys who know how to work without working is what makes people come back. Because you can do 7,000 centons in a match, they'll maybe remember the last one and when you all your shit gets get kicked out of anyways, it doesn't mean anything. You know, and that's the the to get over it's not the moves. It's how you work is what gets you over. You wonder by a guy who, like, everyone, you know, talks shit about Hogan because all he did was he gave a big boot and a leg drop and he fired up because that's all he needed. Did you hear the crowd? Bingo. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you're missing the point. He was a shitty wrestler Bingo. because he didn't do holds. No, no, no. Watch him in, watch him in uh, Japan. He could work. <laughs> he had to prove he could work before he could do less. Believe that. Yeah, and that's a yeah, and and, and you know what? It's I, I did a, a show. It was actually an amazing show called Blizzard Brawl, right? And I, I don't do many personal appearances. Um, that's Dave Hero and, stuff, and, right? Yes. Yeah, I yeah, love Dave and, Hero. He's a good guy, dude. First class guy, first class human being. Um, just doing, I can't say enough good things. But what I noticed, like a lot of the people there, they were true fans, right? 
and they're all different ages and like the majority of the people there wanted to just go and be entertained and it was awesome right it was just such a great great thing but there there are the people that like because they have never done anything athletic right like they they don't they they, they have to prove something or, or at least yeah they they've they never been in a real something. fight yeah so they got to criticize the way other people perform and and I, i'm not saying fake fight i'm saying perform but it's it's the worst thing like an armchair quarterback well i think they when when you have no merit in it and, and you you give out ratings and just because like look if i became a a basketball fan <laughs> but let's just pretend. lord help us but yeah i know what you're saying yeah like that does not make me qualified no matter how much i report on it no matter how many locker rooms i sit in and how many pictures i take or a combination of them it does not make me qualified to have a valid opinion right there's a fan's perspective but then when the fans try to like they they analyze it and, and it, it starts affecting like you know with the right platform you know the nature of the business like i'll say like like the melters and stuff and look i understand he has to make a living but at some point like he has taken away the essence of the business he started loving because for whatever reason he finds a need to to focus on one aspect of it like okay like the the acrobatic standpoint and you know what maybe he likes seeing people who are a little bit smaller because the guy's uncomfortable around you know, I don't want, and, and again, not the term alpha males, but like, you know, when, when you look at like, like D one level, D two level athletes, whatever, like, like true athletes, um, they can make some people, especially men uncomfortable. And yep. they kind of, by, by sitting behind a keyboard and criticizing people that are out there doing stuff in the arena, they somehow justify their own kind of sense of masculinity or self-worth. Yeah. Like the talk about rick deep. flair you know like yeah yeah <laughs> you know like so that's yeah come on come on yeah but, yeah that's all sorry no no that that's cool my, uh man. we gotta leave it there fellas because uh i've got to i'm hosting um fox saturday night and um so right. that got that going on and of course i got the gut fill show going on and of course my new book enough said uh it which is a bestseller doing big things right now in the stores thank you fans out there appreciate it and uh, going to keep doing things. And, of course, you guys are doing your things at the NWA. And we're going to come back to that uh, uh, tag team match with stipulations once Mike is on the mend. And uh, I will no, talk. No. No, yeah, Maybe oh, bring yeah, him yeah. on the show. Yeah. Would, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really There's always room for Mike. Always room for Mike. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, that would be great. Let's see if we can book him next week because I would love to hear what he thinks about the old Templar, Knights of the Templar over here, old uh, Aaron. So, uh, But the man's clavicle heel. Yeah, well, I will f- get yeah. that handled. Yeah, you, you know what? And I hope he brings a soup bone just for you, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> soup bone to the clavicle. Yeah, there you go. And with that, for more podcasts like this, just like this, you can check us out at foxnewspodcast.com. This has been uh, Tyrus and the Midnight Riders. Uh, oh, no, Tyrus and the Wiseman. Either way, uh, it's what we do. <laughs> Listen ad-free with Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 